In the NBA Finals, Denver hit back to take Game 3 and home court advantage with it against Miami, courtesy of that 109-94 triumph. And on a night when all sorts of records were broken, the Nuggets duo Nikola Jokic and Jamal Murray set fire to the Heat, who were, as coach Eric Spolstra admitted, pummeled in the paint. And with Denver two wins away from their first title, ESPN's Phil Murphy is with us from the US. Phil, thanks so much for your time. Oh, it's my pleasure. It's the best time of year in the NBA, so happy to chat. There's a lot to talk about and a lot to get to. Let's start with Jokic. How could we not? The first 30-point, 20-rebound, 10-assist game in NBA Finals history. Now, you know, I thought your tweet summed it up as well as any, Phil. You just said he's a special, special player. He is. And, I mean, you look at going into the uh, going into the finals, and listen, I'm not advocating for or against anybody who might be keen for a punt on the event, but it, it is helpful for context. If you look at the markets leading into the NBA Finals, the market for Nikola Jokic to lead all players in rebounds for the entire Finals was a dollar and half a cent. I don't even know how to say it. 1.005. So you would have to wager $1,005 to, to net, or excuse me, $1,000 to net five. You know, it was just, it's an absurd uh, market. He had the same exact market to lead the entire team in assists. I've never seen that. And, and that's, that's, a LeBron James type thing, anybody. I haven't seen anybody have that steep of a market to lead all players in both rebounds and assists. And oh, by the way, he's the number one scoring option on the Nuggets as well. Uh, He's so, so well-rounded on the player uh, as a player. The one knock against him is maybe a little bit susceptible on the defensive side, but I mean, my gosh, it's any given night. He puts up what what for me was like a high school locker combination. And last night it happened to be 30, 20 and 10 something we have never seen before in an NBA Finals. In fact, we've only seen five times in NBA playoff history, and he's accounted for three of those five. Just amazing numbers, aren't they? And Mike Malone said, you know, he's built for these moments, Phil. So there's just no hint at all that the pressure of the Finals is going to mean that he plays tight, is there? No, and he was asked post-game, what does it mean to him to be the first 30, 20, mm-hmm. 10 player in NBA Finals history? He said, quote, not much. So I don't know what, like, the guy's completely unflappable. He doesn't seem to be aware that this is such a significant stage and it's the greatest stage in the NBA. And I think that helps him to not play under pressure. And I talk, you know, to, to athletes across all sporting codes all the time about, you know, when you're on a big stage, do you, do you play better when you admit to yourself and you admit to everybody else, this is the biggest stage in sport? Or do you say, nope, this is any other game. I need to treat it that way. For Nikola Jokic, it's it's the latter, and he doesn't have to trick himself. For him, this may as well be a game in mid-November in Atlanta, and he still shows up, and he's still he's so consistent, he's so unflappable, and that's why Denver can rely on him. I mean, I'm looking back, and I don't know his worst game was maybe the first game of the playoffs when he was held to about 20 points in a win over Minnesota. I mean, the guy the guy is getting better as it goes along, and the crazy thing is, you know, for somebody who's his age. Typically, they're reliant on athleticism. He's not a poor athlete. He's not chiseled. He's not built from granite by any means. Yeah. But he doesn't rely on his athleticism at all. His game, he can play this way for another 12 years if he wanted. I mean, once he loses a step, he can still play the exact same brand of basketball and be every bit as dominant. Yeah, yeah. He just shuffles around, doesn't he? And and mentally, I mean, it's a real case study in mental application. Absolutely fascinating. So, Phil, on any other night, I reckon, Jamal Murray would have just hogged the headlines. So he had 34 points, 10 rebounds, and 10 assists. Obviously, they're a, a very damaging duo, but he almost had to just settle for silver medal here. Yeah, and, and the crazy thing about Jamal Murray is how he's evolved his game. If you watch a lot of the Nuggets, he's a scorer first. And in fact, 
heading into this series, Jamal Murray had played 48 playoff games. One time he had had double-digit assists, 10 or more. He has had 10 or more assists in all three of these final games. Mm-hmm. He's the first player in NBA Finals history to start his Finals career with three straight double-digit games of assists. And that's a lot of great point guards. Magic Johnson, Isaiah Thomas, all go down the line of prolific point guards. John Stockton. That's not Jamal Murray's game, yet he's able to do that whilst being the secondary, if not primary, scoring option in spurts. It's really, really impressive. And honestly, all the attention that goes to Jokic kind of takes some of the pressure off Jamal Murray, who I think is, you know, less unflappable if that's, if that's a thing. But, I mean, he hasn't really had to carry the load because he has the big guy in the middle, and they're quickly becoming the best one-two punch in the NBA. It's why they're two, two wins away from the first championship in franchise history. Speaking to ESPN's Phil Murphy as we sit in the group of the NBA Finals. And, Phil, what about the damage? You touched on the top, off the top about this. What about the damage on the inside by Denver? So these teams would know each other so well, it is hard to imagine any lessons were learned. But it was 60-34 in the paint, and the Nuggets won the rebound battle 58-33. So how are we to assess this imbalance? Yeah, I mean, if you look at just Jokic and Murray, they nearly out-rebounded Miami by themselves. But if you do watch Denver, they are a bigger team. I was, I was standing uh, on the court for warm-ups, and Duncan Robinson and Bam Adebayo were warming up simultaneously for Miami. Duncan's an outside shooter. Bam is functionally playing center, and they're the same size. And that really goes to show how undersized Miami is. And listen, they're a tough team. They're gritty. They're resilient. They have amazing resolve. They could shut us all up and win tomorrow and alter the entire narrative of this series. Uh, But when push comes to shove, and it did in the paint, I mean, Denver just had their way with Miami. And postgame, all the players and coaches for Miami were in unison saying it's an issue of toughness and will and desire. Mm. I don't know, man. I I, I don't know if at the NBA Finals you just lose desire. I think Denver just decided to turn it into a fist fight, and they were the bigger, stronger kid on the block. And it looked like that. It was from the jump. I mean, 18 of the Nuggets' first 22 points were in the paint. And once they set that tone – they didn't have to shoot outside, though they did get a couple players who, in spurts, did heat up from outside. And that's why they won by 15 on the road. Yeah, but they were five from 18, five for 18, weren't they, from three-point range. So they could afford to do that, given they just bullied them inside. So it's got an ominous look about it, doesn't it? Yeah, in fact, the first quarter was the first quarter all season in which the Nuggets had zero three-pointers made and zero free-throws made. First mm. quarter all season. And I looked up at the scoreboard, and it's 26 all. And yeah. I, said, I looked at Kane Pittman, who was my, to my right, and I said, uh-oh. I mean, if, if you're Miami, that's what you want to do is limit, in, in, in today's modern NBA, limit the team outside, don't let them shoot free throws. And Denver just went old-school basketball, high-percentage bucket, points in the paint, second-chance points. And now Miami, the, the chess move shifts to them. I just – I don't know what you do. Even, even the guy in reserve, Tyler Hero, who were waiting on – his triumphant potential return to the Miami lineup, that's not his brand of ball. He's going to give him an, another outside shooter, which Miami was certainly missing themselves. I mean, their third leading scorer had 10 points in this game. So outside of Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo, they didn't have another scoring option. I think Denver is just going to be able to consistently put up between 110, 115 points per game because of all these high percentage buckets. And if Miami's going to have a chance, they're going to have to do what they did in game two, which was go 17 for 35 from three. I just don't know how scalable that is. Yeah, yeah. It is very much over to Miami now to see what sort of response, if any, they've got. Game four, obviously, on their floor. Uh, Tomorrow morning, our time. Uh, Phil, a lot of speculation about Jimmy Butler. I mean, he's been huge all the way through the season, of course, and a lot of talk 
around the ankle injury that he copped against the Knicks. Would he be 100% fit, do you think? No, but I, in truth, I don't think many players are 100% fit. Though the thing with Jimmy Butler, I mean, the guy is as tough as advertised. Um, it just it, With that, it's kind of a double-edged sword because you can play through little knocks and little concerns, but they do accrue over time. And a lot of tread off the tires from how he carried this team through these playoffs, much like he did in the NBA bubble. Mm. And if you remember that famous meme of him leaning over the rails in Orlando, just completely exhausted after a terrific game that he had or toward the end of a game that he had, you just have to feel that after going seven games against Boston, having minimal turnaround straight on a plane, they basically had the flight from Boston to Denver to enjoy the win before they had to shift gears. I think that's why they came out so flat in game one of this series. They were able to galvanize guys and shoot very well from outside. But in that game to win, Jimmy Butler didn't have his best game. You just wonder how much is left in the tank for Butler. It's now or never. I mean, if, if, this, if Miami goes down 3-1 tomorrow, I don't think we're coming back to Miami. I don't see a scenario in which they could stave off elimination in mm. Denver down 3-1. Um, so Jimmy's going to give it all he has. It's just what does he have left? Again, and against, for, I think for the first time in this postseason, Eric Spolster, Miami head coach, going up against a coaching equal in Michael Malone. Yeah, I mean, that's the story, isn't it? I mean, they've punched above their weight for so long. Both he and them, Miami, collectively. Do they have another couple of right hooks in them is the question. So it's the Nuggets 2-1, chasing their first title in franchise history. Game four back in Miami tomorrow morning, uh, Australian time. Phil, great to have insights this morning, and uh, I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Enjoy it. Yeah, my pleasure. We'll see you tomorrow morning on ESPN.